0: It's the Untitled Film Project podcast, and we're talking Fast X. Dom and the rest of the Fast and the Furious crew are back, but this time they become the hunted as a new villain turns the world against them.
1: The Great Dom Toretto. If you never would have gotten behind that wheel, I'd never be the man I am today. And now I am the man who's going to break your family piece by piece. <laughs>
0: We'll dig into the 10th version of this franchise and ask the big question. The
2: big question, you guys, I'm springing it on you in the moment because it was going to be a part of my little deeper dive here, Okay, but we didn't have a question ready to go. And this one fits so well. So I figured, you know what? Let's turn it into a question. The big question of the week is who is the best villain you've seen on screen this year? Ah, okay. Okay. Well, it's been a
0: uh, it's been a pretty good year for villains. Answer so, the question. Yeah, it's going to be tough to pick one, but we will. We'll do it. All right. Let's get our first reactions to Fast
2: X. Jeremy Gover. So before we start, I have to, as we have said on Twitter, we have a very unique perspective of the Fast <laughs> series in this room. I have seen none all the way through. Jim, you have seen how many, roughly? Mm, maybe four of the ten. Right? And Bradford, you have seen... All of them. All of them. So there's, we're a pretty good cross-section of the audience here. Whether you've seen yep. it or not, you're going to find out if you should go see it. If you've seen <laughs> half of them, you're thinking, oh, isn't it any good? You're going to find yeah. out. And if you've seen them all, is it, does it live up to the hype? Bradford will tell you. So for me, starting off with having seen none all the way through, <laughs> I saw a grand total... <laughs> of 38 minutes of the first one the day before we screened this movie. And how it's changed since then so much. Oh, I'm getting to that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the first one, for those who don't know, was, was 2001, so 22 years ago the first one came out. The first question I have here is, uh, you know, they, they say you have to suspend belief when you watch a movie, right? How much belief am I being asked to suspend? All. Is it? Is it just like yeah. convenient characters showing up at the convenient time? Or is it like basic physics? Which, all which, of which it. one is it? All e- of it. Everything you have. Okay. All, all of right. It. Okay, that's hard for me to do. <laughs> it was a fun ride, but it there, there's just so much that just I couldn't get behind because I I don't know how much belief I'm supposed to just check at the door, and I understood going in like I had there's a reputation of course that they, you know they're ridiculous and they're, I, I, I get all that sure, but even. Okay, so in the 38 minutes of the first one, (laughs) in the opening 30, I don't know if it's the opening 38 minutes, I I eventually went back and saw the, I I finished it. But anyway, in that first movie, okay, Vin Diesel's character tells this big story to somebody about how his dad died in these races in Arizona, I think it was Arizona, and he was doing 120 and hit a wall, burned alive. But in this one, (laughs) he gets thrust into a wall by a cement block on a crane and drives away just fine. So I don't... I, it doesn't
1: involve the big bomb either.
2: No. Right. So. We're not. I'm not even mentioning that. Yeah. Just. And I think his son was in the car at the time. So let's talk about <laughs> the psychology. It's hard for me to get past the psychology of his dad died going 120 into a wall. He watched it happen, and he has the trauma from that, and now here we are 22 years later and he's getting slammed by a cement block into
1: a wall, driving away just fine by, by the with way, his son
2: in the car. Doesn't make sense, By the way, yes. that was a
1: major plot line in F9, by the way, that well, his dad dying. I'll, so you- yeah. I, well, and- actually, I'll, I'll
2: jump ahead here. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, no, no, I'll jump ahead and say that I, I enjoyed this movie enough to where I'm going to go explore the first nine.
1: Wow. So there okay. you go. Well, All right, Explore, meaning explore. let's just see what kind of crap I can get myself well, into.
2: Well, it's... it's I'm a linear person, as you can probably tell by the fact that I can't suspend disbelief enough to get into this movie. Sure. So I, you know, I, I'll go. I went one, and I've already watched two, so that's positive because of this movie. And I will watch three, and I will see how far I can get before I'm like, "This is ridiculous. I'm out."
1: Now, I would recommend you watch them in an in, in order where Tokyo Drift is not the actual third one that you watch just to help
2: you you may have just saved me because i'm about to start that
1: one to to help things make sense because the fast and furious timeline jumps a lot so i want to help you oh great i needed that (laughs) hey it's like it's like marvel from wish
2: okay (laughs) why do i have to pay this much attention to this (laughs) movie series it's Uh, It's ridiculous holy crap right it's ridiculous Right? They should not have the
0: license to pull that much synaptic energy out of your brain. Thank you. Oh, Jim, they have a license to thrill. All right. Turn his camera off. There's, He's done. There's literally, there's that's... almost nothing you can say that hasn't already been used as a catchphrase in all of these movies. So Because
2: there's ten of them!
0: I, right. or, or, like Free Guy, catchphrase. <laughs> I know. Why don't they just number them? You know, it's like, oh,
2: yeah, 62. <laughs> ah, ha, ha, ha,
0: Flip through what the book. a callback.
2: Yeah. <laughs> my argument to my son, to this, we, we argued this morning because he was looking through, he wanted to see what the Rotten Tomato scores were of all of them. Yeah. And on Apple TV, you can go through each one and click, and it'll tell you. Know. Anyway, so we. it says Fast and Furious. And I'm like, that's, they must have put the wrong movie poster up because that's not, in the wrong title because that's not right. That, that's the fourth one because it has a little four next to it. Yeah. And he's like, no, but it's, it says it's four. I know, but they must have used the wrong one because it's the Fast and the Furious. Uh-huh. Too Fast, Too Furious. I don't know what the third one. Oh, Tokyo Drift, you said. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is Fast and Furious. How confusing of a delivery for this saga. It just is, It's like Lost and the Blacklist. <laughs> At some point, the writers got to a season. They're like, we don't have anything else. Let's just make up stuff on the fly respect. so we can keep
1: this cash cow going. So you watch Tokyo Drift after Fast and Furious 6 by the way. I'll make a note of that. I'm sure you will. Okay, In that's my pencil. initial take
2: on Fast
1: X. Jimmy, that I was believe- that, that was actually not as bad as I was expecting. Uh yet. I
2: had I, I had yet. a good time.
1: I had a good time oh, in the theater. No, yeah, yeah. It's nothing to write home about. <laughs> but I had a good time. Just know I'm not going to argue with anybody on this one. This is all about fun. Uh, Jimmy, you're next because you've
2: seen the second most. So right, you
0: are next. Right, right. So, yeah, I've just dabbled uh, <laughs> you know, in, in, the, in the fast universe. Yeah, these are big budget movies. But my initial take has to do with the fact that, you know, uh, is – of the budget spent on a cast that is so large that it's quicker to tell you who's not in this movie than it is to tell you who is. (laughs) There are so many characters, so many returns of other characters, so many switches of villains. There is so much and so many people to keep track of, yet I easily found myself following along, and I was not lost for a second. Take notes, Shazam. (laughs) Because it didn't require much. It was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was ridiculous, like I expected it to be, and I I guess I think the thing that just I couldn't believe is every 8 to 10 seconds, a new actor I didn't know was going (laughs) to be in the movie shows up! So, I... uh, Barack Obama's at 11, I hear. He's in seven. You don't know it yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. Oh, so uh, I had a good time, but there, there was just way too much as far as cast, and uh, and it was really ridiculous. So uh, why don't they call it the Fast and Ridiculous?
2: Oh, that's the name for twelve when they finish it. Yeah. The
0: okay. All right. They use that the whole yeah, We money. got two more to go. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. I love the movie posters. The end begins now. It's like oh, there's gonna be five more of these things. There's- uh,
1: yeah, we're going to hit the 30th anniversary I'm of this. Sure. I'm yeah. Justin Bradford, your initial take, Fast X. So as someone who has seen all of them, that was my, my panty project, uh, was to watch all of them because I'd only seen the first That's one.
2: That's panty, like pandemic.
1: Not, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. My panty project, I, I, I bought the series. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you went next level.
1: You encouraged oh, It was cheap.
2: Yeah, it was on sale. Yeah, it was it's on sale. It, okay.
1: was on, it was like $30 I'm, for seven I'm movies. For that. Sure. I'm off. I okay. can applaud. And that. during the pandemic, it's like, I need new material to watch, and it. we weren't getting new things on the streaming services, right? Yeah, right, right. So I watched all of them, and it's it, it made it to where I want to just have fun and the ex- expectation of ridiculousness. Because when you go to the first one, it was really just about racing and some minor legal activities, but still a little bit of heart because they're trying to do things yeah. to like be legal, but in an Ill- illegal way. Does that make any sense at all? Like Can you I, try, you're like Robin Hood kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a friendly illegal, friendly it's a, illegal. It's, it's a, yeah.
1: So the ridiculousness factor wasn't there yet. Like yeah, it was a dumb action movie back then, right? Yeah. But it still had that thin plot of it's a racing movie. It was that's what it came down to was race street racing movies. Street what it racing all was around. With a little bit of heart. And then all of a sudden it starts graduating into something with. Deeper plots where they're being hired by the feds or they're trying to figure out who killed who or they're trying to figure out a plot to take out the world. It's like you're hiring street racers to take down terrorists. What is going on here? And then the ridiculous factor keeps creeping yep. up. And I try to liken Fast and Furious to comic books without having the comic book source material. Yeah. Because people can die and they can come back. They just have to create a story for why they died. Right. Or and, why
0: they're back and they have amnesia.
1: Exactly. 100%. Which just shows me they're leaning into the ridiculousness. Soap and, opera. Soap opera. But here's what I enjoyed about this as well. More than even Fast 9 or F9. Sorry, got to get the names right here. Yeah, right. What they are doing now is leaning in to the ridiculousness. They are aware that Mm -hmm. society and pop culture makes fun of the whole family joke. They are aware of all the memes surrounding how stupid some of the things they pull are. And they're leaning into it more, which shows the awareness of it. And they're not trying to take it overly serious. So I appreciate that as a movie watcher because they're not trying to make you feel like, oh, there's so many stakes. This is super serious. No, they're making fun of themselves a lot, especially in this one, because my favorite part of all this was Jason Momoa, and I know we're going to discuss way more, but as a villain, he was fantastic because he's the one poking fun at everything. He's the villain because he's making fun of the family stuff. He's making fun of all those stupid things that they do in all the previous movies. He's completely taking that, plucking it, and picking it up, and just throwing it right in their face. He, and I love that as a he's villain. He's the
0: voice of a lot of the audience.
1: Of a lot of the audience. And then John Cena, who was the villain for the majority of F9, now is the, f- the good cop. Friend of the little kid, and I love the interaction there as well too. So there, are, there are ways that made me enjoy this while also suspending belief, but not suspending belief towards like, oh yeah, this could really happen. But just like I had fun. That's and that's what they're trying to do, and I was have fun because the budget was apparently three hundred forty million dollars, and they're wow. easily going to make that back. Oh yeah. yes, because the hype, people just want to see what kind of crazy they get themselves into. Because in F nine, they turned a freaking car into a rocket ship. Spoiler. They're wearing spacesuits. They're wearing spacesuits in a car, and then you have candy wrappers flying around. Yeah, and lean to the jokes there. So, what are they going to do more ridiculous here? Well, they find ways to one up that as well too, and that's one reason why I like going. Is what are they going to try to do next to make us make fun of things? And that's why I'm okay with it. So I had fun. It is is a good cinema. Absolutely not. It is not art in that form of this is a great cinematic masterpiece. But it is a lot of fun to just shut it off. Have a lot of laughs because the audience that we were even in, people are laughing at it, and you can tell they want that in a lot of parts too. Which in previous Fast and Furious movies, they weren't trying to accomplish people laughing as much, unless you're the comic relief like Tyrese Gibson. They weren't wanting you to laugh. Here, there are points where they wanted you to laugh as an audience, and yeah. I appreciate that.
0: Let's go deeper into a very shallow movie. <laughs> <laughs> No diving. (laughs) It's a no diving. You will hit
2: your head. This is a no diving zone. There's no lifeguard on duty. The gene pool is very shallow. Uh, You will
0: hit your head hard. God, family. All right, let's uh, let's talk. We we alluded to him just before this. Uh, The new villain for this, uh, you know, time in the movie is Jason Momoa. Uh, a super likable guy, I think, you know, he's just in that category of of people that... Who has a problem with Jason Momoa? Not very many people. He's cool. And he, uh, to, for me, he stole every scene. He was the brightest spot in this movie. I thought he was so much fun and just a great antidote to the, you know... Oh, this family's been through a lot and we've, oh, we, you know, well, we can do it. you know. And he comes along with panache, you know, and I, I really thought he just chewed up every scene and, and spit it out. And it was by far my favorite part of the movie was, was his character.
1: So what, what I really thought about Jason Momoa, the more I watched him, because they obviously showed that he was battling mental illness. He's psychotic. Yes. From dealing with dead bodies and painting their nails and having full-on conversations with them. Great scene. Which, I mean, was hilarious Mm -hmm. and fantastic to just the way his actions are being portrayed with the knowledge he has reminding me of him channeling his inner Joker. I thought the same thing. It reminded me of what a Joker character would be like. And to me, that's fantastic because... They had a villain that wasn't just a cartel person or someone that has infiltrated the police or just a run-of-the-mill terrorist. They had someone who's legitimately psycho as this right. person or not someone that was a cyber criminal like Cypher, or Charlize Theron's character. They had someone who was just straight up psychotic because of past trauma. And I loved that because that's how they dug in to make him not a believable villain, but a fun villain because people love the Joker. They love how psychotic he is, the the ridiculous things he does. I mean... Jason, his character, was painting the toenails of a dead person and having a conversation with him. Having them. like a tea party. A tea party. Yeah. And I loved that because it shows as a villain that he's not just some run of the mill. it's There's something different about him as a villain. And what I appreciate about him as well, you could tell there are so many times where he was just ad-libbing. And they're seeing what they're going to run with because he's having fun with it. I would
0: love to know what was in the script and <laughs> what was him just having a blast.
2: The gag reel when you buy this movie oh, are going to be it's a must watch. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be 20 takes <laughs> of him in one of the scenes <laughs> delivering different lines. You know, right, it's going to be awesome. $380 million spent on this movie. None of them on buttons for Dante's shirts. <laughs> no, he doesn't. need They saved money that way. <laughs> I longed to see him in a scene because I knew he would bring something fun or hilarious or sinister or whatever. It was so unpredictable that I knew he'd bring something to the table. So I curiously stood by and I I enjoyed the rest of the film, you know, again, for what it was. But I truly in those pockets of moments where he wasn't in it, I was waiting for him to come back. He was that good. Can I tell you the, the part of the movie I found the least believable? Please. And
0: you're never going to guess. I've already told you mine. Okay. <laughs> it has nothing to do with stunt work, okay? It had, it had to do with the absolutely ridiculous entrance of uh, Brie Larson as uh, Tess, you know, or part of the agency, you know. She's, she struts in to... Snoke's throne room. Snoke's throne room. <laughs> <laughs> with these like screens hanging from nothing they're floating in the air and they're all telling the, like this you know they've got storytelling there's like all but they're slightly uh, translucent so you can have cameras behind it and I'm going well they spent 10 billion dollars you know doing this making this lair where apparently they you know figure out who's good who's bad what needs to be done in the world Yet they're hiring street racers to solve the world's problems? Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> what? And they, what? Spoiler, spoiler. And they hire a leader who has connections to Dante. <laughs> right. You, you're saying you didn't, you didn't figure that out? You, you didn't figure that out as the agency? But also remind me of Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> we have those screens and everything. Yeah. It, and it's, you know, it's Sam Jackson's funny. character and everything. Nick Fury trying to go up against the whether well, they're going to bomb New York City or not, and they have the vote buttons and everything. It's the right. same, same kind of deal.
0: Yeah, right. And uh, Brie Larson, who I'm a big fan of, uh, after the first lines she delivers in this movie, the first lines she delivered were laugh out loud bad. and I, Must have been her first take. I Yeah, I kind of laughed. I'm like, whoa, please, Brie Larson, don't do this for the whole movie and then then it it, it got a little better but that was my most unbelievable part of the movie it's not known for it's writing Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) or acting (laughs) or plot the rest of the gang uh, which is, like, I mean, they have what? their own separate universe. Okay, there's 50 of them. Um, you know, but, <laughs> but you have, like, you know, Tyrese Gibson as Roman, you know, like trying to be the leader. Uh, Luna! I thought a lot of their scenes together tried too hard to be funny and really? worked. I, I mean, and when the biggest laugh of the night in the house is somebody saying the word butthole, you know you're not
2: at a Shakespeare festival. <laughs> and but okay, hold on. But it's what? let's it's funny because you don't expect that word. That's why it's funny. It's not because it's crude humor or even childish humor. It's because you're not expecting
1: that. Govers defending butthole.
2: I'm defending comedy, actually.
1: <laughs> so really, yes, uh, really. It's butthole is is
2: outside the norm of the fast movies when you have two. Grown ass men bantering like brothers or, mm-hmm. or a married couple like Bradford and I do sometimes. Yeah, right. The Pickersons. And then all of a sudden they drop butthole. That's hilarious to me. That's really funny. Because <laughs> you're expecting about ten other things. Sure. If you had a a, suggested, you, you a little to predict more street. It. You had to predict it. You'd be like, all right, you got 10 guesses. What am I going to say next? All right, it's going to be this, 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 this. Butthole's like 37th <laughs> on the list. You're not expecting it at all.
1: So therefore, it's funny. I, I did feel sad for Tyrese as Roman, though. Why? Because he, he got roped into the whole thing. Oh, yeah. For him to be the leader. He I was, felt sorry for the character. because He wanted to be the leader. I, he wanted, but he got roped in, and that's what caused right. the whole mess. Like Him wanting to be the leader so bad because Jason Mo was a villain, did so much research. He knew that's how he was going to get them to bite. Was oh we're gonna make sending t- him out of the fake sending him out of fake Rome. Rome. Yeah. So I felt bad for him because he's been through a lot. He Roman I wouldn't ca- know the character. <laughs> <laughs> the character of Roman has he's been through has one. been through a lot. He's been through a lot. He is typically the butthole of the jokes. Okay, yes, Tyrese's character is typically the the joke, and, and so he many was times quite often in in this Fast one. and he plays that role very very well. And he does play that role. I, I would Jim to, to go on to your point about so many people in the cast as well. That is an issue, as we talk about issues with a movie like this, because Marvel is leading up into something big all the time, and you're having a, b- a big get-together, you're always talk about screen time and so many different plots going in different directions. Same thing's happening with this film, but it's a different type of establishment of what's going on with these characters, because they've had characters that have died and have come back, or characters that maybe they haven't seen in a couple movies, or they've been through the ringer like Letty, who had amnesia after she <laughs> died, apparently, and you had to bring her back, all that. So you have all these plot holes... Through in this, but not just plot holes, but plots that you have to remember about these characters when they come back. And spoiler alert: at the very end, you have a character that we've that's been dead for three movies. And who said they would never do these we'll movies never, again? Never, never. So <laughs> Helen Mirkin, Mirren's character, very small, which she typically has a type of thing. Little Nobody. Well, after very small too, she's there, too, probably yeah. thrilled to just show for a day. Oh, God, no kidding.
0: Right. Uh, Please even, don't make me read a lot of dialogue. Right. That's in her contract. Yes.
1: And then you still have Cypher out there, Charlize Theron, who is now try- the enemy, my enemy is my friend, all, all that kind of stuff. And she was the Liché. hyper villain for, like, three movies. Yeah. She's been the villain. So, I uh, And then you tie in a sister. <laughs> right and re- so it is very difficult for someone like a gover to jump right in and then un- have to understand when you don't have any background that's why i've even said if you want to not appreciate but if you want to understand why audiences maybe react certain ways when you're in a theater watching this you have to watch the other ones whereas i think there are even a lot of marvel films now where yeah you might miss some things but there's a lot that can stand on their own they can that, just stand on their own as a Marvel superhero movie. That's the art form that Marvel, in particular, is perfecting,
2: where they can present a movie. Yep. And from front to back, you can get ninety-two percent of it, and the eight percent that you're not going to understand, it's okay. Clearly, everybody else is getting because they've seen, they've done the right. homework. But it's okay, and it is right. That's
1: what I'm saying. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay you, to be a tourist in that yes. film, but in this franchise. It's actually kind of difficult because you're missing a lot of what the plot is when they just uh, spring am, up a am character. I, am no, I, okay, no. if you're wanting to get it, yeah,
0: if yeah, if if I want to get into deep into the canon, I was fine not knowing half
2: of.
1: But you, you know, still what know enough.
2: I knew nothing. I know. I knew 38 minutes worth.
1: I know of this series, but I'm saying in terms of audience reaction, like why are they reacting like that?
2: No, no, that's true. I'm so, saying so. I'll, I'll, I'll. I'm saying I'll okay, counter for- you on your word appreciate. Because you'd said nope. I not appreciate, but if I wanted to appreciate the okay. nuances of the script and the quips and the lines and the cameos, then yes, okay, fair. I, I would fair. I would need to see the first nine.
1: But for me to enjoy this movie, I enjoyed it with again all of thirty eight minutes of knowledge. So let's say compared to like a Marvel one where you're like a ninety something percent, this one, there's probably twenty percent of callbacks in this movie. Fine. But it didn't, it
2: didn't impact my... No, no, no and I don't I'm, expect it to I'm, for people. Right, I may have enjoyed it more had I known all that. Right. And I think I'm that's what I'm not required
1: to go back. That's what I'm... No, I don't want to require... That's a lot of movies to just be brain dead about. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so, it yes, it is. But that's where it's like they're they're trying to create something here that's more than what it should be by creating all this canon with it as well because they're having to create all these callbacks to dead characters, to things that have happened in so many previous movies. It's not like it was just the previous movie. We're talking there's callbacks to Fast Five. That's a long time ago. Jim, I don't know about you, man, but uh,
2: this makes me just appreciate and yearn for more Knives Out movies. (laughs) Because it's going to be one character that repeats, and you don't have to know crap. Well, and the about writing's really else. clever
1: for Knives Out franchise. Okay, sure, well, it's, but, sure, but, but you, this is I'm clever. just talking
2: about but the whole.
0: You could jump into, you could pick any one of them. If say they did five over the next, yes, you know, oh five yeah, years, uh, that you could just jump right in. You don't need to know squat. You're like, okay, Benoit Blanc is the detective. Got it. Let's go. I agree. And, it's fantastic. You know, I have watched enough of Fast and the Furious franchise as much as i wanted to so it's not like i missed you know <laughs> oh i never got to that i've watched what i've <laughs> wanted to watch and, and i was fine and i also you know really had a good time all right let's score fast x with the untitled film project podcast jeremy gover the newbie to this universe
2: what Boy, have, have these films improved over 22 years. Holy criminy. And that's I'm just basing it on the first <laughs> two and then this one. So I'm actually <laughs> skipping seven, which is pretty crazy. Not the number seven, seven movies. <laughs> you have to clarify yeah. with these. Oh, man. Uh, you know how those movies you, when I mean, you're, you're a teenager and you thought they were like just so great. Yeah. And then you, you're maybe you're 40, 45, 35, whatever, and you're like, Man, I remember that movie. It's so good. And you go back and watch it, and it's kind of like, meh. Like, the nostalgia's there, but it's a movie you're like, well, I really like that? Like, that's, that's, oh, you yeah. a little that's what this is. It's, it's a movie that is kind of absent, hollow, if you will, but it's still fun. And that's the definition to me of a summer blockbuster. Summer blockbusters used to be like, it's just a good two hours out of the theater. Yep. Or two and a half, depending, now that was 2023. <laughs> Nothing's under three hours anymore. Right. So it's just a good time out. But you're not going to, like, ever put it on your top 50 list, you know. But it's just like, oh, yeah, I had a good time. I'll mm-hmm. go see it again. That's what this movie is for me. Jason Momoa stole the show. I get that I'm supposed to suspend belief, but it was too much for me. I could not get over it at times. Having never seen a single fast movie all the way through, I had fun, like I said. And I'm glad I saw it with a crowd. Had I seen it, yeah. again, given my perspective of not having seen any of these movies, well, 38 minutes of it, I if I, <laughs> if I see it alone at my house or if I see it in an empty theater where there's like maybe two or three people scattered around, I don't enjoy it nearly as much. Totally different energy. Yeah, energy, great, great word, energy. So for me, I'm glad I saw it with a crowd. I'm glad I saw it with a crowd that appreciated it, wanted to be there. Because not only did we see it as critics, but it was also you could win tickets to go. See, some people had won tickets that they really wanted to go see the true movie. fans. Yeah, yeah, true fans were in the were in the building as well. So for me, I even if I didn't appreciate a joke or a placement or a character cameo or whatever it may be, or even a line that wasn't even that funny, but it was funny to them because they'd seen them all and it was right. a callback to five or whatever it was. I got to appreciate the film, that aspect of it, through them. Right. Even though I didn't get the joke. Anyway, all that being said, 5.5. 5. I enjoyed it okay. enough. It was fun. Uh, clearly, not a good film. Like, you know, it's not great filmmaking. Okay, but, right. Oh, yeah, thank you. But <laughs> I enjoyed it and I hadn't seen any of <laughs> the other ones. So I figured that's a triumph. If, you, if you're never you're walking in cold to this thing and you're watching the 10th
1: movie, the 10th.
2: Yeah. And you still had a good time, you got to get points for that. And again, Jason Momoa was just a stud, 5.5. Okay. I, Jim, have seen, you know,
0: several of the Fast movies and went into Fast X knowing what kind of movie I was going to get. I knew they were going to give me something ridiculously over the top, defying the laws of physics, God, uh, that (laughs) mattress that you're not supposed to tear off uh, the tag. Oh, yes. Uh, So, you know, (laughs) just, uh, it's. I knew it was going to be silly. Uh, So, you know, that didn't really bother me. Uh, The amount of characters and the amount of return characters and then return characters that have flipped sides a couple of times, maybe, uh, I found a little bit It, it, a little head spinning occasionally, you know, it was a little bit too much. Uh, I thought the platitudes, Vin Diesel staring into the camera, giving his, you know, whatever, but it's not about Vin. I, those, those are kind of (laughs) tired. I'm I'm kind of tired. That's all he does. I know. I know. He's a one
2: dimensional actor.
0: That this is true. I love you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's grouped. So, I mean, there (laughs) you go. Uh, I really didn't expect uh, great acting, and I didn't get it, Uh, but I did have a good time. The stunts were ridiculous. It was an excellent escape from the real world, where the real rules are no fun, okay? So, uh, this is not a great movie. I had a great time, but I'm still going to give it a four.
2: Whoa! I thought I'd be the lowest score in this room. Okay.
1: And Jim wonders why I go, who knew me? I'm Mr. Arthouse. Well, he just proved that he is Mr. Arthouse. I know. I know.
2: You know,
0: I've thought since I am (laughs) Mr. Arthouse that uh, I should wear a bow tie every time I'm you know, reviewing a movie. Dude brought
1: props. Uh Jim, it looks like you're ready for Chippendale's BDSM. All right. We didn't
0: need to go there at all. (laughs) And anybody too, who's watching this is agreeing with me.
2: Too close to home. Too, <laughs> too close to, to home. home. <laughs> you clearly struck a nerve when you said
1: that. What is that thing on the ceiling actually covering, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at this room with a black light. <laughs> it was like a Jackson Pollock painting. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. He got it Nerd <laughs>
0: That was a great Guardians of the Galaxy reference. Uh, Justin Bradford, Mr. I Love Everything, what'd you think? <laughs>
1: If you think I love everything, please go see my review on Hypnotic. <laughs> Holy crap. Or 65. Or 65. Or plenty of other movies, yeah. you bargain ice holes. <laughs> that's but, a reference as well. That's buttholes to you. <laughs> he didn't get it. Bargain nope. Vestiges? That's also another one. Yes. Alright. I had a lot of fun during this. The expectations for me was I wanted to laugh. I wanted to see how ridiculous they got. I wanted them to lean into things. And they did that for me. The The... Evolution of these films to lean into the jokes that people write about them is what made me like the movie more than I thought I would. Because Jason Momoa, who stole the show in this, is the one that is completely making fun of the family the entire time by calling out all the things that the general audience calls out. Even though they go and pay money to see these movies, they Mm -hmm. still understand how ridiculously stupid so many things in this film are. But he's the villain calling it out, and that's hyper-awareness to me. Sure. And I truly appreciate that from a villain that is the the Joker of this series now. He's obviously the best villain of this franchise now, by by all means. And it's because yeah. he is taking what the movies have given us and shoving it right back at them, whether it's family, the car culture, all these other things, and all the callbacks as well. And taking that and all the characters as well and shoving that back in their faces because he's going after every single person who has ever helped Dom Toretto. Meaning it leaves a lot of flexibility to the writers as well for the next two because they could literally bring back anybody or bring back anyone from previous things. So I can like that because from the comic book perspective, that's a lot of fluidity in there that you can just roll with whatever you want to roll with. Whoever's available as an actress or an actor. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever you want to do, you can do. So major props to them. You
0: say comic book. I, I have to, like, I, I'm just thinking of my mom who watched her
1: stories, where all those rules, you know,
0: oh, oh totally. there's somebody's twin. Oh, it
1: wasn't them. The reveal of the it, mask from the in the hospital exactly. from the cast and everything on their face. E-
0: exactly. Oh, they, oh I, I didn't even know they had an evil twin that lived up in the attic. And yeah,
1: comic oh, books are, are the though, dead. right? But it's also soap operas it is yeah but they're all when you think the same kind of premise it's just stories meant for a different audience yeah that's all these things are they're all the same you can bring back people but they've had you suspend belief enough to where they can explain in some weird ways how someone didn't actually die and it was faked for this because they're working for the agency they just throw the agency thing out there whenever they want to so I'm very curious how they're gonna explain some of these other bring back from the dead moments but uh, yes I can't I was gonna say I can't wait till they bring back Paul Walker
2: I don't mean well, that as a joke. No, yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, I, he's I,
1: alive I, in the movies. That's what I'm saying. So that's I,
2: what's, I, the technology, when they, once they get to the last one, uh-huh. might be good enough to where he does a cameo, walks on. And
1: that is another curious discussion point we didn't necessarily get to. Is that? Yeah, We don't have to. I just no, wanna, no, no, no. I, but I do want to throw it out there because I would almost rather them have found a way to let him go. Because it is very weird to have his wife, who is Dom's sister... Still be in these movies and just say, Oh yeah, he's off with the kids. So the sister just is right. still a part of the thing. I hadn't even world. thought about that actually. Yeah. You're right. And they, they, they reference him. About that. They reference him plenty of times, but he's just off. He's like retired. But if like right. if it's all hands on deck, you come out of retirement. Hawkeye comes out of retirement. Yeah, People come out of retirement. That, that's,
2: that's what I'm telling you. It's going to be the 13th movie. So the
1: 13th and final film. He's going to get he's permission make from some, some sort of appearance or it's, or something, yeah.
2: It's CGI, Paul
0: Walker. But it's, it's going to be weird. Yeah, it is. But that's where but but the technology
1: may be good enough. Then. And they gave him a send off in the movie as well with the song that was a beautiful song, right? right. gave yeah. him a send off, the character a send off, but not Paul Walker. They gave Paul Walker, but not the character a send off. I didn't mean the Dever Ears. No, 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 no. no. But but it is a worthy topic because they're keeping a the character alive when the actor isn't by just referencing it off screen. But it is so weird right now to not have that character on screen when you keep referencing him. But half of his family is still there. And it's awkward. Present. It's, it's awkward. They, they, and they've dug themselves into this hole that they can't get out of right now. Or else they're going to have to explain it like they kind of had to in Wakanda forever. But in a very different way how they explained it. Right? Mm-hmm. Anyways... I had fun with this movie. I'm 100% going to go see the next two and probably rewatch the other one sometimes because they're just movies I can turn on and do something else. They're yes. that kind of movie. A lot of times you're going to watch for the action scenes and not the dialogue because dear God, you don't watch for the dialogue. <laughs> uh, but I do like the ridiculousness. I like the, the style of action movie where it is a brain dead type of movie where you really can turn it off and you're going to pick up references because they shove it in your face so hard if you watch the other ones that you don't have to like think too hard about it and i'm okay with that because family but <laughs> that being said i give it a
2: 6.5 okay all right
1: so again I expect it's higher
2: not, from jim i expect it higher from brad again it's
1: not beautiful cinema right but it's still a lot of fun and oh, it's yeah. worth going to see if you like these types of movies and if you like we, action movies. we
2: all agreed we were thoroughly entertained
0: for yeah. sure we had a really good time getting out of the house going somewhere and somebody making us laugh smile you know groan at the
2: butthole joke and, you know and it doesn't have to be things. beautiful cinema it just has yeah. to be entertaining no but i would but i would counter by saying again if i go to with an empty theater i don't get much out of it It changes everything it does there's change some heavy laughs mm-hmm. so what we're basically saying is go early yeah like this movie is out this weekend don't see it 10 don't, weeks in you're right don't Wait till it comes out on digital or Blu-ray. Don't wait. It's four a theater weeks experience movie. To the summer when the kids are out of school. If you're in California, the is middle of June. Don't wait. Or the north. Oh yep. yeah. Oh, thank you. This is you got you got to go early because the crowd
1: around you will make it better. Especially while it's in an IMAX and Dolby. This is one that you'd have fun seeing on the big screen experience. Because yeah. it's an action movie and it's going to rumble your 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 butthole with the base <laughs> and here we go and, and with the, the racing and everything too,
0: a great projection <laughs> you know i mean it, it's a beautiful looking movie you know i mean they, they,
1: it's gorgeous and justin Lin's a part of it he's been part of the fast franchise for a while too those types of ridiculous action movies that's what he does yeah so there you go All right. until the film project podcast
0: next up the mysterious big question
2: every episode on the untitled film project podcast we love to do a big question basically it involves you the listener to be able to talk about the things you talk about with your friends right we are your friends we are here for you every single week that we can be on the untitled film project podcast that's why you subscribe that's why you like our stuff that's why you comment all that stuff so you can stay in our ecosystem and even if you haven't seen the movie that we're talking about you can always still download or listen to this episode and fast forward to the big question because that is more benign and it's more for everybody. So with that being said, this big question, because Fast X is in theaters and we just got done watching it and talking about it, whether you've seen it or not, you can now listen to this, spoiler free, who is the best villain you have seen in the theaters this calendar year? So 2023, who is the best villain you've seen? January through May. Correct. Bradford, you want to start first? You want me to go ahead and... I think you should start. Okay, I'll buy so some you'll time. You'll trigger us in. Yeah, because I'll buy some time because I've got a top five for you. Oh wow. <laughs> the original question for you guys was gonna be rank your top five, but then Bradford's over here off camera be like, Oh, late like to be. I can't rank anything off the top of my head. So <laughs> I so I, I only use
1: <laughs> tears. <laughs> so, I, so I will give you my top five and then you and hopefully that'll spur some I'll give you my top five. It's one, two, three, four, <laughs> five fingers. I, I thought it was gonna be
2: one I thought it was gonna be one, two anyway, we're, not, we're, not, we're not videoing this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, number one for me is Kang. Jonathan Majors as Kang. From Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Quantumania. Number two is Dante from Fast X. I thought he was just tremendous. Jason Momoa crushed it, killed it, and he was, I mean, literally, I guess. And when he was on screen, he stole the show. Number three is Megan. I thought mm-hmm. Megan was okay. great. Uh, the question, by the way, was almost, what human? Then I said, like, no, I really want to include yeah, Megan, leave, so we'll take Leave the, it open. Take that off damian another jonathan majors hit damian from creed 3 and then dracula from renfield those are my top five villains of so far of 2023 you guys don't have to give your top five or rank them or anything like that but just who is your favorite villain that you've seen on screen this year
0: you know i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna give you three i'm gonna give you in three different categories okay okay uh as far as uh Acting performance and written and okay. everything, you know, like I like this. Really, you know, uh, gave it everything. I am also going to go with Kang from Ant Man of the Wasp, Quantum Mania, with Jonathan Majors. He's just he's he's just very very good. Uh, then there's the funny one, and while Cocaine Bear was a funny villain, Uh-oh. uh oh, Megan. Okay. is definitely... I thought you were going to actually say Cocaine Bear. <laughs> i was getting really worried. I, I, I really enjoyed Megan, and I'm going to put her right there with uh, the fun villain too, which has got to be Dante from Fast X, Jason Momoa. So much fun.
1: Bradford. All right. For me, uh, I'm going to start with that one T-Rex in 65. <laughs> uh, the one behind the waterfall? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <you know. laughs>
2: gave away that it was on earth 65 <laughs> million years ago in the in the trailer
1: oh that's what this movie's about a spoiler alert <laughs> t-rex number four if you're looking to the end credits oh hey mom it's me <laughs> no i i really did enjoy obviously megan being a great villain uh dracula and renfield uh kang as well and then even throughout the high evolutionary and gardens of the galaxy volume 3 i thought Fantastic villain just in terms of the the acting from Chukwudi Iwuji was incredible I think for that in terms of a villain role yeah Um, another one I'll throw out just to be a little bit different is I've seen Blackberry and Glenn Howerton's portrayal of Jim Ballsack (laughs) Basili, the owner of Blackberry the the, the phone the owner who thrust himself into being the the co-CEO of BlackBerry Research in Motion, he does an incredible job completely being a, and bleep me if you need to, an hole to everyone around him. And while this isn't an action movie, or a drama, or anything like that, where you typically have a villain, he is the villain to his own company in his ego, and how his rise leads to his fall in everything that he does. And I think Glenn Howarton did an incredible job playing him because you're not used to seeing Glenn Howerton in that type of role either. So for him mm-hmm. to play a balding businessman who gets fired from his job and all of a sudden forces his way into being the CEO of a company, it was really fun to watch on screen. And also as someone in Nashville who, if you know any sports background at all, who he tried to buy the Predators and made them make them leave Nashville for Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It was really cool to see the portrayal of him falling on his face. I really like that villain arc of seeing him fail and being told to F off. Sure, I really like that. So just to be a little different, I'll take Glenn Howerton's Jim Basile as my favorite villain. You can find us at Untitled Film Project Podcast on social media. You didn't that's have Twitter, to ask. that's Facebook, that's Instagram. I mean, you can find it anywhere. And then we all three put our own content out there as well, too. over writes some really great articles. Yeah. And then Jim puts out great videos that. as well on TikTok and Instagram. Ooh. I put out videos as well, too. So follow all of us on there. That's where you can find us as Untitled Film Project Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project Podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.